Welcome to Kuhau Podcast. We thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time listening in with us, we want you to know that you are a part of a new loving family. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you and transforms your life. Now stay tuned for today's message. Chapter 8, when you have it, shout amen. amen. And the word of God reads, So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed. Now I want to point out there that the audience in which he's speaking to are those that believe. Notice that he's not speaking to an unbeliever. Here the context is to those that profess faith in Jesus Christ. He said to the Jews who had believed him, if you abide in my word and you are truly my disciples, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. They answered him, we are offsprings of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone. That's my accent. That's the way I read. I read the Bible that way. How is it that you say you will become free? And Jesus answered him, truly, truly, in context, that word, those words, truly, truly, is saying, like, pay attention. Truly, truly, pay attention. I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I want you to say that with me. Say, so if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I want you to announce the title to today's message to your neighbor. Tell them, I choose to live free. Tell, to tell the person on the other side, the one that you rejected, tell them, I choose to live free. Now tell them, the one behind you, tell them, from this day forth, I choose to live free. Heavenly Father, we thank you for what you're going to do today. Father, I pray, Lord, that the same way I received this message, I can unpack it to your people today. Lord, use me as a mouthpiece to share this word that is going to liberate lives today. Father, I pray that it may be none of me, all of you, less of me, more of you, that I may decrease, that you may increase, your strength will be perfected in my weakness. Thank you for giving me this opportunity to share your word, to be the pastor to an amazing church in Staten Island, to be married to the most hottest, amazing woman on the planet, Lisa Remedios. In Jesus' name we pray, and everyone says, amen. Come on, give God a shout of praise in this house one more time. Um, I, I want to start this message by just kind of painting a picture. Now, I, do you have friends? Anybody have friends in this place? Clearly everyone does. Some of you don't. We're praying for you. But... Um, um, I, I think that we think we know what friends are, and so we have like this outline of what we think a good friend is. And you, you probably think you know what a good friend is. You, you're probably like, well, I think a good friend is someone that will be by my side. And, and some of you think a, a good friend is someone that will be willing to be a shoulder for you to lean on when you need them. Uh, some of you think that a good friend is someone that will like all your pictures on Instagram. Uh, some of you think that a, a good friend will, will be that person that will, you guys laugh at your corny jokes. All right? That's what you think of. But I want to let you know what I think a good friend is. Let me tell you something. I want to tell you right now. Ahora mimito. I want to tell you. If I am walking around with stuff on my beard and I get home and I see that there's stuff on my beard, you have dismissed yourself from that conversation. You are not my friend. 
I'm going to tell you right now, that's not, you are not a real, you are a fake friend. You are straight up, you fake friend. If my breath is stinking and you have gum in your pocket and you do not offer me some gum, you are not a real friend. You're a fake friend. Hashtag fake friends gone wild. You're not a real, you're not a real friend. I, I, I love my wife because she's my best friend and she makes sure she lets me know with vomiting in her mouth, wipe that mayonnaise off your off your beer. She can't even look at me. She'll close her eyes. Like, straight up. And, and I think that's what a good friend does. A good friend will tell you, listen, you got a little bit of crumbs on your beer. A good friend will tell you the truth. They'll tell you, listen, you got a little bit of hot sauce on your cheek. A good friend will tell, if you're Reuben, yeah, you got a little bit of chocolate behind your earlobe. How in the world you get chocolate behind your earlobe? I don't know. But a good friend will let you know. And I think it's interesting because I think so many times we've been walking around, like, you got boogers in your nose and nobody tell you. Like, what's up? You go into the, oh, my God, how long this thing been hanging off my nose? Like, what in the world? I think that we could be walking around with crumbs on our beard, speaking to the men, well, some men, some ladies. Anyhow, <laughs> ladies, like, don't judge me. Like, I didn't go to the. You could be walking around with stuff on your beard and be completely oblivious to it. Oblivious to it. You don't even know you got stuff on your beard. And here's what the Holy Spirit told me. That you know, you know something? Some of us are walking around with bondage and we don't even know it. Did you know that you could be walking around with bondage and be completely clueless to the fact that you are struggling, that you have uh, uh, chains wrapped around you. You can't identify the bondage, and because you can't identify the bondage, you don't even know you're bound. You got crumbs on your face. You got hot sauce on your cheek. You got chocolate behind your earlobe. Your breath stinks. You got boogers hanging down your nose, and you have no clue about it. You're walking around thinking you're looking cute, like, what the? But here's the, here's the good news, that no matter how bound you may have come today, no matter how bound I may have come today, in the same way that you may have come with chains wrapped around you, guess who came today? He's the man with a bolt cutter, and he came to set you free this afternoon. Come on, if you believe that God can set you free today, I dare you to give him some praise in this house. You may have come enslaved, but a deliverer came to set you free. You may have come in bondage, but there is a bondage breaker who came to deliver you your breakthrough. Come on, if you came to receive your breakthrough in this house, I dare you to give God some praise in this room. And here's what I want you to know today, that when it comes to freedom, the truth is this, that you can only be as free as you want to. You can only be as free as you want to be. In the same token, you can only be as bound as you want to be. So God is saying to you for the next six weeks, I'm, let, me, let me let you know, for the next six weeks, every single week is going to be a precept upon precept. It's going to be another layer of freedom until you're completely free. So you may, be, you may start to be set free today, but next week you're going to experience more freedom. And the week after that, you're going to experience more freedom. And I guarantee you by the end of this series, you're going to be completely 100% free. You're going to be able to do things you've never done before. You're going to be able to speak in a way you've never spoke before because God came to set you free. And in the next six weeks, I'm telling you, the plan of the enemy over your life is to distract you, to put doubt in your mind, to deceive you, to ultimately destroy you. 
And so he's going to do everything within the next six weeks. Listen, you're going to be making it to church and you're going to get a flat tire. Can someone shout amen? amen. You're going to try to make it to the tr- you're going to try to make it to the church and you're going to get an argument with your husband and your wife. Something, something's going to happen. But I think that we have a determined people in this house that are saying nothing is going to get in the way of my breakthrough. And so we're going to be sharing some deep, deep conversations. We're going to have some conversations that are going to make you, I'm going to keep it real. I want to teach as well, so I'm trying not to get excited. But we're going to have some deep conversations. Some conversations are going to be like, yo, dude, who told Pastor Roe my business? Like, who, who was gossiping about, like, what happened here? And I, I just want to suggest that maybe it wasn't that someone gossiped about you. Maybe it's that the Holy Spirit really wants to deal with some deep inner healing things in your life. And so I'm letting you know today that God is, is uh, he's reading your mail and he's saying, listen, I just want to, I want to talk to you about what's in your laundry basket. I want to talk to you about some of these things. And, and I thank God that he's willing, oh my God, I thank God because he's willing to say, listen, I'm going to stop my schedule just to intervene into your, in your life. I'm going to interrupt your regularly scheduled program because I I want to make sure that this year, 2018, you don't walk bound like you did in 2017, 2016, 20, 2015, 14, anyway, you know what I mean. What I've learned in the last 17 years of ministry is that the only people that never experience God's freedom are only two kind of people. The people that don't even know they're bound and the people that deny they're bound. So the only way you cannot be set free today, the only way that you don't experience God's freedom within the next six weeks is if you say, I don't know, there ain't nothing wrong with me. Like, I'm good. Do you see all this right here? Like, I'm good. The only way is, oh, well, if you can't even acknowledge that you're bound. And you're not alone because there are, in John chapter 8, that's the same audience that we deal with. When you read John chapter 8, what you see here is it says, so Jesus said to the Jews who had believed, notice the language again, this are believers, because many times we believe, oh, I'm, 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 I'm a believer, how could I be bound? Listen, there are plenty of people that are going to heaven that still live a bound life here on earth. If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, we are the offspring of Abraham. And have never, watch this, been enslaved to anyone. What? Like if you ever read that Bible and you read that, you're like, what? You have never been enslaved to anyone? Listen, I don't care how free you think you are. If your life shows you're on bondage, you're only lying to yourself. This is why the Bible says that the truth will set you free. And many times we bought into the lie that we're not bound in the first place. And so here you have the Jews who believed, and you know what they say, freedom? What is it that you speak of? How dare you say that I am bound? Do you not see how free I am? We have, been not, we have not been slaves to anyone. I've been watching too much Troy, but anyway. I... I we have not been bound to anyone. And I'm saying to myself, like, 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 have you ever, like, if you haven't read the Bible, have you ever at least seen the movie, yo? Like, they made a whole movie about 400 years of you being enslaved. There's a guy with a long beard named Moses who says, let my people go. 
Oh, let, let's forget about let's forget about Egypt. How about Babylonia? How, how about that time when you when the people of Israel, the Jews, were put in exile and they had to be subservient to the people of Babylon? And so in that moment, they were enslaved. They were in bondage, and they're over here forgetting that they were in bondage. How about not Babylon? How about not Egypt? How about even in their current situation, they are under the Roman power. Here you have the Jews that are actually under the Roman power. They have to abide under the law of the Roman people. So much so that if a Roman guard would come up to them and say, hey, listen, I want you to carry my, my uh, burdens. They would have to carry it minimum of a mile. Uh, what do you mean that you have not been enslaved? What do you mean that you are not in bondage? Here they are, the Jews that believed in Jesus Christ, looking at freedom in the face. Notice that they believed in him. They're staring at freedom in the face. And they're saying, we're not bound. And instead of receiving God's freedom, they're doubting their own bondage. I want you to write this down. Write this in your notes if you write this. In order for you to receive God's freedom, I must first recognize my bondage. In order for you to receive God's freedom, you must first recognize your bondage. In other, I'll put it this way. God wants to provide for you. God wants to give you freedom. God will never, you'll never be able to walk in freedom with first, without first admitting your bondage. See, many times, he's talking to the believers, but notice that he's not speaking to unbelievers, but he's speaking to believers who are in bondage, but they don't know that they're in bondage. So what kind of believers are they? Oh, they're believers with blind spots. Can I ask you a question? Have you ever driven and, and, and realized that there was something that you weren't seeing while you were driving? See, it's not that the car doesn't work. It's not that you're a bad driver. Many times in our life, the bondage that we experience are really blind spots in our lives that God is trying to bring attention to so that he can set you free. But we've bought into the lie that we're not bound in the first place. But God is saying, listen, the truth will set you free but if you live in a lie, you live in bondage. In the same way the truth will set you free, it's the same way that you believing the lie will keep you in bondage. And you'll never be able to receive God's freedom for your life. Listen, I'm talking real stuff here. I'm not, I don't want to super spiritualize anything. But I want to talk about some real things in this place today. Because I think that there are believers in this house, if we were to be honest, there's some blind spots in our life. See, sometimes there's, there's an anger that, that, that possesses us. There's, we think we get angry, but it's ag anger that's actually possessing us. And I want to let you know that might be a blind spot. See, some of us are walking around and, and there's lust in our life. And for whatever reason, that we, 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 we can't even see the opposite sex walk in front of us. We can't even see a woman walk in front of us without sizing her up and looking. Oh, I'm preaching today. I'm preaching. Your faces, notify your face right now that he's preaching good right now. I'm talking about some real stuff here today. We can't see a, a female walk by without uh, 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 fantasizing about her and looking at her. And, and uh, uh, we can't see a man walk by and, uh, and look at him and think, oh, that's going to be my man. Because there are blind spots in our lives and there's anger that creeps inside of us. And you think that you can look at someone and speak to them a certain way and put them down and, 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 and just tear into them because you got angry. And because, uh, can I submit that to you today that that might be a blind spot? See, it's not that, it's not that your car's not working or that you're a bad driver. It might just be that your check engine light keeps going off and you're just ignoring it. 
See, it's only a matter of time. See, that check engine light keeps going on and it keeps going on and it keeps going on and it stays on and it stays on. Car drivers, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I've, my first car, 1992 Chevrolet Lumina. That check engine light kept going off. I thought it was cute. I said, it's amazing that this thing has been going on for six months and I'm still driving this car. Never took it to the mechanic until one day that car didn't turn on. And guess what? By the time I took it to the mechanic, the mechanic said it's not even worth to fix it anymore. Because to fix it, it will be worth more than the entire car. See, some of us are struggling with pride. And we use pride and, and, and we're in bondage of pride. We're in the prison of pride and we think that it's the thing that helps us. But actually we've only used pride to try to cover up our insecurity. Some of us are, have control issues. You need to control everything. Some of us have self-esteem issues. Some of, us, some of us, we don't even know how to tell the truth. Some of us, just lies just creep out of our mouth. Have you ever dated a liar? Yeah, you catch him in everything. He can't even stop. Yo, he's caught red-handed. It wasn't me. <laughs> you can see what God said John free from. Now I'm just joking. <laughs> right? Like, I just can't stop lying. It's almost an autopilot behavior that, that I just, I, when I see women, I lust after them. When, I, when, when a, a situation is presented to me, I lie. When, when something happens, my go-to emotion is anger. I carry around this weight of pride. I, 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 some, some of us, we, we eat uncontrollably. We just we satisfy our, our depression by eating and eating. And, and God is saying, listen, he who the sun sets free is free indeed. The truth will set you free. Don't believe the lie that you're not in bondage because that's the only way you won't be set free. But the moment you start submitting those things to Jesus and say, yep, that's right, Jesus, I got a lying problem. There's some of us that have a gossiping problem. We just tell people's business without even, and God is saying, I want to set you free from that. But the only way I can set you free from that is that you recognize first that that is a bondage in your life and when you do that let me tell you he who the son sets free is free indeed is there anybody in this place that believes that they came to receive a breakthrough in this house I got, I got blind spots and there's a mechanic of all mechanics here today that's ready to set you free but look what Jesus says he says now look at the bondage he, he says John chapter 8 verse 31, how is it that you say you will become free? Next one. How is it that you say you become free? Jesus answered him, truly, watch this now, Jesus actually depicts the bondage. How is it that you will become free? Jesus answered him, truly, I truly, I say to you, everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. This word commit is actually talking about a practice of sin. And so when he's talking about sin, he's not talking about you messing up. He's not talking about you dropping the ball, something happened. What he's talking about is actually a committed relationship. This is a normal practice. This is an ordinary way of functioning. He says, anyone who practices sin, this has become normal. This is, this is a practice. This is how I function. This is just the way I am. When, when something happens, I get angry. This is who I am. And what happens is, is that we live under the delusion and we never reach our destiny because we end up destroying what God is trying to do in our life simply because we're in denial. 
He says, if you're committed, if, you, if you're practicing, if the other word is a pattern. If there's a pattern in your life, you, you know what I'm talking about. It's that thing that, like, you know that this, like, this doesn't please God. Like, this is, I know that this is not good for me. I know that this is not best for me. I know this is not what I should be doing. But you know that thing, like, it almost feels like it's this gravitational pull that you have to keep fighting against. Some people don't fight with the same things I fight with. Some things people don't deal with. Well, this person's, this happy is easy for them to do because, look, they're happy-go-lucky. They never struggle with anger. But you're struggling with anger. And it's like this gravitational pull that you have to deal with on a regular basis. And it's almost like, why do I have to fight so hard to not get angry and this person over here doesn't have to fight so hard but their fight might be different see their bondage might be lust it might not be hard for you to not be lustful but it might be hard for them to be lustful they might be happy-go-lucky but they might not be able to see women and without objectifying them are you hearing me so it's that gravitational pull and everybody everybody see, see some of us the problem is some of us judge other people because their bondage looks different from ours. Listen, just because your bondage looks different from someone else's doesn't mean that your bondage is easier or better. Listen, it's that deep inner uh, struggle that you have. To, look what the, the Apostle Paul says in Romans chapter 7. Look at the way he says it. Paul dealt with this too. He says, I don't really understand myself. Have you ever felt that way? Come on, someone shout amen. Stop lying right now. Lord, we set free from the spirit of the... I don't really understand myself for I want to do what is right. But I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. I don't get it. Like, I try so hard to not end up in the same situation. But no matter how much I try, I keep finding myself and being attracted to the same situation and the same circumstances. Guess what? That's the check engine light going off in your life. God letting you know, listen, that's an area that I want to set you free in. Listen, it just because you have sin in your life, it doesn't change the way God sees you. But it might change the way you see God. Pastor Oh, you said our sins are washed last week. Absolutely. Let me tell you something. Because of the death, the, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, you are completely saved. You are going on a private jet to heaven. If you have sin in your life, if you're committing sin, the Bible says that God forgives your sins, that your sins are forgotten, and that your sins are forgiven, forgotten forever. And God doesn't love you more or less because you sin or you don't. Simply because you sin less doesn't make God love you more. And simply because you sin a lot doesn't make God love you less. But it may make you love God less. See, I want you to write this down. Point number two. Sin may not change God's heart for you, but it may change your heart for God. Jesus says, listen, this is the bondage I'm talking about. You think I'm talking about some physical bondage, but I'm talking about a spiritual bondage. There's this inner bondage in your life that you're dealing with that I want to set you free from. But the first thing you need to do is recognize that there's a problem. And when you recognize there's a problem, then I can solve the problem. And when you recognize the problem is sin, it doesn't mean that I love you less. It just means that it might affect the way you love me. If anybody wants to join Pastor, Ro, uh, Pastor Ruben and Pastor Lisa, you can do that right now. Notify your face. Tell the Lord you love him. See, sin can skew the way you see God. 
The reason for not sinning is not so that I can get God to accept me. It's because sin ultimately hardens my heart towards God. See, not sinning doesn't make God love you more. Neither does sin make you love God less. Uh, neither does sin make God love you less, but it may change the way you love God. Do, do you see the perspective? Do you see the perspective? See, the reason I don't sin, the reason I, 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 my goal is not to sin, is not because I want to move God. The reason I don't sin is so that my heart won't be moved away from God. And every time we fall in a pattern of sin, what we're doing is that we are giving ourselves as slaves to be mastered by sin. And now the thing that I want to do, I can't even, oh my God, I'm preaching. The thing I want to do, I can't even do it. Like, I want to follow God. I want to serve God. But because I've given my life to the mastery of sin, now the thing I want to do, I can't do. And, the, and I do the things that I hate. And I do the things that I, I hate that the fact that I'm displeasing God. Or that I hate the fact that I'm not following his ways. I hate that I do the thing I don't want to do. Now, what, and, then I, and then I say, this is who I am. This is who I am. And that's why God wants to change your heart. You, you see what I'm saying? God doesn't want to change your behavior. He wants to change your heart so that when you do something, you can say, no, that's not who I am. <laughs> because <laughs> that's why he changes you from the inside out. He doesn't change you from the outside in. He changes you from the inside out. Because when he changes for you from the inside out and he sets you free from the heart, now when you do the things that you don't want, to, you say, that's not who I am. I'm a child of God. You know what? I am not lust. I am not resentment. I am not bitterness. I am not unforgiveness. I am not unkindness. I am not anger. I'm not going to be defined by the things that, 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 that will just pull me away from God. God changes my heart. See, I don't go to church so that God could be pleased with me. I don't go to church so that God could love me more. If you never come to church a day in your life, God will love you just the same. If you never worship a day in your life, God will love you just the same. But you may not love God the same. See, the reason I come to church is because what it does when I come to the house of God, it starts stirring up these affections. It starts building my faith. I become more in love with God because it's my heart that's changing. The reason I read the word of God is so, not so that God's heart can change towards me. It's so that my heart can change towards God. The reason I worship is because when I begin to worship, it's not that God is loving me more. It's that I start loving God more. And I just start shouting his name. And I just start giving him praises. Come on, is there anybody in this place that is ready to be set? free today saying I want to worship you God change my heart today Jesus gets to the root of it he says listen when you give yourself to sin you become a slave to it I know what we were taught maybe some of us that went to church as kids oh if you sin God's not going to love you Oh, you need to pray because if you want God to be well pleased with you, you need to pray. No, listen, God is well pleased with you the moment you place your faith in Jesus Christ. Did you know that? Because the moment you place your faith in Jesus Christ, he no longer sees you, he sees his son. But guess what? There's a thief that is seeking who he can steal, kill, and destroy. 
And so sin doesn't change God's heart for you, but it might change your heart for God. And here, number two, sin might give access to the devil in your life. Oh, some of you got excited. Some of you got lost. We got the skeptics and we got the superstitious. Pastor Rowe is preaching on the devil. I've been waiting five years for this. Hallelujah. About time. Now we're cooking with oil. Someone was like, what? Why, are we, why are we even talking about the devil? Why are we, what are we doing here? And, and what sin does in your life, the reason sometimes we walk in bondage, is because the moment we give a place for the enemy, he's going to take it. See, I don't sin. I don't sin. The, my motivation for not sinning is not to move God. My motivation for not sinning is because, number one, number one, it, I want my heart to be softened to God. Number two, I want to eliminate the access to the enemy in my life. And so there's so many of us that are living as believers. We play, Jesus our Lord and Savior, amen. But we live in bondage because we are giving place. There are areas in our life, there are rooms in our life that the enemy has access to. And as long as he has access to, he has your ear. And as long as he has your ear, he can plant the seed of doubt. And as long as he has any space in your life, he's going to be able to seep in whatever he wants to leak in your life. He wants to pour in whatever he wants to pour in. Look what Jesus says. He says, I'm telling you. What I saw when I was with my father, but you, my, but you are following the advice of your father. Our father is Abraham, they declared. No, Jesus says. He says, no, you're obeying your real father when you act that way. For you are children of your father, the devil. And you love to do the evil things that he does he was a murderer from the beginning and a hater of truth. There is not an iota of truth in him. When he lies, it's perfectly normal. For he is the father of lies. Jesus identifies. Listen, this whole sin thing, the author of sin is the enemy and he wants you to sin. Why? So that he can have access in your life. As long as he can have access. Look what, the, look what the Bible says, John chapter 10, verse 10. It says, the thief's purpose, the thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. To steal, kill, and destroy. And watch. Many times, can we bring out that door? Many times, this is the time you want to take pictures. Anyway. Many times in our life, watch this, we think the devil is coming to our house like Biggie Smalls kicking the door, waving the 44, all I heard was, don't, don't, don't repeat that. I could do that, I'm a pastor. Anyway, I'm just joking. We think the devil's like, yeah, I'm going to get you. See, if the, enemy, if the enemy came to your house like that, you'd be ready to wage war. You wouldn't be playing any games. You'd be like, what? I'm ready? What? The B-I-B-L-E, that's the book for me. I come to thee, the word of God, the B-I-B-L-E. Father Abraham, how many sons? How many sons? You'd be, you'd be calling upon the name of the Lord. The atheists, they'd be like, Jesus. Because we think the devil's just going to come. Boom! Let me, no, the Bible doesn't say he's a robber. It says he's a thief. 
See, he's not coming to assault you forward in your face because he's a coward. So he comes in as a thief. And look what the Bible says. Look what the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4. My God, this is so good. Somebody better Facebook this right now. Ephesians chapter 4. Look, it says, it says, and give no opportunity to the devil. Don't give what? Don't give no opportunity to the devil. Well, I'm not killing no one. I'm, not, I'm staying away from the big sins. Listen, the Bible says that even if there's contention in your life, it's a foothold for the enemy to walk in. Well, I'm not, I'm not doing any. The, even when you're cussing somebody out that cuts you off, you're giving access to the enemy to walk in. God's not judging you. God's not condemning you. But you just gave a foothold. And the idea here is this, is that is give no opportunity. Another language says a foothold. The message translation. It says, for when you, for, for when you are angry, that one. For when you are angry, you give a mighty foothold. Everybody say foothold. foothold. Everybody say foothold. foothold. And so the idea is there's a door. We think he's busting it down. But he says, Oh, you had a moment. See, he's knocking on your door. Every time you have a temptation to get angry, he's knocking on your door. Every time you have a temptation to lust, he's knocking on your door. Every time you, you have that moment where you're about to watch pornography, he's knocking on your door. Every time you're about to fornicate, he's knocking on your door. Every time you're, you're, you're giving in to your low self-esteem, he's knocking on your door. Every time you're doing the thing that is opposite from what God wants in your life, guess what? Knock, knock. Knock, knock. I was going to title this message, Knock, Knock. But then I was going to change it to change the locks. And the Bible says, don't give a, everybody say? Foothold. Foot See, there's a, there's, a, there's a sales marketing strategy that, that works this way, that when they open the door, you, you just have to put your foot in front of the door. Because as long as you have a foothold, you're able to have their ear. And the salesman knows that as long as he has a foothold, you can't shut the door on him. And as long as he, oh, but, but, but hold on, let me, let me explain. Let me, let me say, and that's what the devil wants to do in your life. I, I know this is serious stuff, and I know some of us are like, oh, my gosh, what am that's not a problem because you're going to be set free today. I say you're going to be set free today. He says, he says, don't give a foothold to the devil. He says, don't give a foothold to the devil. Uh, uh, look what 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 8 says. Be sober, be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion seeking whom he can devour. Do you know that the devil can't devour just anybody? Do you know that the devil, do you know that the enemy, I've said devil more than I've said in the last five years, but I need you to catch this. Relax, Maylene. Anyhow. Maylene's like, about time, Pastor. I've been waiting for this. Yeah. <laughs> he says he, he's seeking he can't just devour anyone. He's just seeking for the whom's he can. 
devour. And so when you give him an opportunity, he says, ooh, I found my target. See, I want the enemy, when he shows up at your house and he looks for, he, oh, come on, come on, I'm just waiting for the moment. Ah, man, there's nothing. I got nothing on him. I got nothing on him. I got nothing. Oh, man, ah, just waiting for that moment of anger. I'm just waiting for that moment of lust. He's seeking for whom he can devour. The enemy can't devour anyone. Write this down. The enemy can't conquer you without your cooperation. My God. The enemy, the devil needs your help <laughs> to defeat you. <laughs> the only way the devil can defeat you is if he has your cooperation and your participation. And so the enemy is seeking for you to give in to the temptations because the moment you give in, see, temptation is not a sin, but giving in to them is. And so the moment you give in is you're opening up the door. You're giving him a place. Another translation says, don't give a place to the enemy. Notice that God doesn't want a place in your life. He wants your entire life. The enemy just wants a place. Listen, if you just give me that little corner space right there, I'm, I'm good there. Because now I know eventually I'll make myself at home. And I know eventually you're going to give me not a corner, you're going to give me a bed. And I know eventually you're not just going to give me a, a bed, you're going to give me an entire room. And I know eventually I'm going to be able to go into your refrigerator. And I know eventually I'm going to get my own keys. And I know eventually... He says, don't even give him a space. And many times as believers, we're comfortable with giving the devil a space. The enemy cannot conquer you with your cooperation, without your cooperation, as the worship team comes up. This means that in order for the devil to defeat you, he needs your participation. The enemy will take full advantage of any open door so that he can come in to kill, steal, and destroy. Satan doesn't have, watch this, write this down. Satan doesn't have authority unless you give up yours to him. Do you know that the only way the devil can function in your life is that if you surrender your authority to him? Oh, my God. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'll tell you right now. I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready to take back what the devil stole from me. I don't know about you, but I'm hearing this message, and I'm not going to allow a, a place for the devil in my life. Let me tell you something. What you're hearing right now is going to allow you to live the life of freedom that you could never live before because you're going to possess your authority. You say, not today, devil. I ain't giving you my authority. I'm not giving you my freedom. I'm not giving you my peace. I'm not giving you my joy. I'm not giving you my love. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not doing it. Pastor Ra, I'm staying away from all the big sins. But look, James chapter 3, verse 16, it says, where there is jealousy, envy, selfish, strife, ambition, selfish ambition, there is also disorder. Look, disorder. And look, 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 look. And every kind of evil. See, we don't see these things as evil sometimes. We're like, ah, oh, but this just everybody gets angry and everybody... He says, listen, where there's jealousy and envy and selfishness, strife, selfish ambition, there's also disorder in every kind, not some kind of evil, every kind of evil. Me and my wife made a decision that we're not going to go to sleep angry anymore, not because I love her that much, 
I do, but you know what I'm saying? Not because she loves me that much. I know it's hard not to love me, but listen, she finds a way. We've decided to not go to sleep angry because we refuse to give the devil a foothold in my marriage. What? And if the enemy could distract you from himself and make you think that your spouse is the problem and make you think that your kids are the problem and make you think that your coworker is the problem, then he has your eyes focus on someone who is not the problem at all and he remains with a place in your life. But he cannot defeat you. He cannot conquer you without your cooperation. Oh, she's, she's still getting, she's still not set free. I got access. She still needs, I got access. Now, I, I just want to end with this real quick. Because in a moment, you can take this. Romans chapter 6. I want to read two more scriptures to you. It says, look. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also, I need this door here, I need the door. Knowing this, that our old man has been crucified with him, that the body of sin, watch this, might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. We're limiting access. We're taking away the access. For he who has died has been freed from sin. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 17 says, Therefore, if, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 22 it says to put off your old self which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through the deceitful desires and to be renewed in the spirit of your mind and to put on your new self created after the likeness of God in the true righteousness and holiness. Woo. This is what he's saying. He's saying listen we've given Face me. We've given access. I, listen, Kuhau, I need you to catch this right now in your spirit. We've given access to the enemy in our life. Why? Because we've allowed him to possess the keys. And all he needs to do is. See, at first he was knocking letting him in. After a while, he takes his place. He now possesses the key. So you say, that's who I am. I just get angry. See, it's no longer a temptation for you. You just do it. It's no longer a temptation. You don't know, you no longer struggle like going back and forth with lust. You just do it. Why? Because he's already found his place. <laughs> but what the apostle Paul says here, he says, listen, put off your old self. You know what he's saying? He's saying, listen, you need to change the locks to that house. See, because when you move into a new location, 
They were previous owners of that location, and they had keys to that location. And the first thing you do when you move into that new apartment is that you change the locks because they may not come back, but if they do, they will have access to your house. And I came to tell someone, God sent me here to tell you today, you need to change the locks in your house. The next time the devil comes, try to open the door, he can't open because the lock's been changed. Your life has been changed. Your new nature, I dare you to get up on your feet today and start declaring, my life's been changed. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Our mission here at Christ Uncensored House of Worship is to love God, love people, and love life. Kuhau is a place where our story is still being written. Together, we can do more than we can ever do alone. If this message has encouraged you and you wish to partner with us in taking this message all across the world, go to kuhau.com give or follow us on any social media platform. Thank you in advance for your support and generosity. Come and begin a whole new journey with us.